now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. And we need him now. I'll call him, sir. For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have no sign. This is the Cocktail Nation. Well, what a year it has been here at the Cocktail Nation with the show being added to more and more radio stations across the globe. So look out, Ryan Seacrest. I'm coming to get you. The podcast has been enhanced. We've got a new website. I bought a 1964 Austin Healy Sprite. But of course, the show needs great guests and great music, and we had plenty of that. Each year, I like to highlight the very best of the best of the year, and that's sometimes difficult. Who should go in the show? It's only a one-hour show. So, stand by for some of the best releases of the last 12 months. Now, one of my favourite albums that came out in late 2013 is Mr. Ho's Orchestrotica, where he meets there, and I asked him to explain the title. Sure. So, yeah, we caught we're here meets there, and again, it was it was just trying to figure out. I, I knew that there was the side of stuff. There was our original material, which I like writing, and, and that's that's it's its own thing. And then there was this other stuff kind of over there, and that's kind of been yeah. these, these rearrangements of the classical works and other people's songs and rewriting them and that kind of thing. And we started that on the first recording with like Moai Thief, which has a little piece of Shostakovich's 10th Symphony in there and the Arab dance from the Nutcracker. So we started doing this on the previous record. And so in my head, I kind of see it as we do two things. We write our own stuff, music from here, and I like to mess around with other people's stuff and sometimes add my own to it. And that's our music from there. And, and it actually worked out perfectly because the vinyl is going to have a side A and a side B, and side A is the music from here and side B is the music from there. So it, the time, the run times actually worked out perfectly and it, it all kind of just fell together and the, the artwork, like when I worked with Javier in this again, it just, it totally came together and I was really worried that, that the, the record wasn't going to work maybe like sonically because there's a lot of, there's kind of a fair amount of different things going on, but actually like I've had people tell me it sounds like more cohesive than the last one, which is amazing. And, and somehow it just, it all felt right and came together and I'm, I'm really happy. Oh, 
Thanks to Ultraswank.net. Sambor, sambor, não descanso. Ficou zangada quando o dia clareou. Eu nunca vi sambar assim. Gosta de samba muito mais do que de mim. Sambor, sambor, não descanso. Ficou zangada quando o dia clareou. Eu nunca vi sambar assim. Gosta de samba muito mais do que de mim. Quando vi o som do tamborim, não quis mais saber do tchau tchau tchau. Para rock and roll ela diz não. O que gosta mesmo é de samba. Sambor, sambor, não descanso. Ficou zangada quando o dia clareou. Eu nunca vi samba. Gosta de samba muito mais do que de mim Nation from Swank.net and the best of the best for 2013, Usomdu Jazz and Sambu Sambu from their May release of Kiss from Rio. I just love the authentic sound that this band has and the fact that we've got some new Boston over to play on the show. I spoke to the canary of the band, Andrea, about the wonderful release and we started off talking about Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, I'm from Rio de Janeiro. Now, I, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who's married to a uh, Brazilian woman from Rio de Janeiro, and he said that uh, the uh, traditional bossa nova that, that, that we like isn't as common as it used to be. Is, is that the case? Yeah. From what you found? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is, it is uh, quite rare, actually, you find anybody playing bossa nova. Have a little movement here and there. Most of the real musicians 
because we have, a, we have a lot of Brazilian pop music, which is very bad music. Uh, but uh, so the real musicians, good musicians, still playing uh, the bossa nova. But it's very rare you find it. You have some new movements, uh, it's a little more chill music related. Mm -hmm. it, it resembles a little bit bossa nova, but it's uh, it's it's rare. Yeah, it's, we go to Rio. It's very rare. We actually can get a show or something. Really, isn't yeah. that insane? Yeah. Considering the the mu that's the music's birthplace. Yeah, we do used to have it. Well, all Brazilian popular music has the old. Uh, style popular music it is pretty good it's not bossa nova so you may find in the bars or something like this uh, one guy in a guitar with a traditional it's very traditional in, in Rio de Janeiro is a, a guy in a bar playing the guitar and singing we actually we were there uh, last week for the past few weeks and we caught one and he plays a, a little bit of everything uh, including bossa nova but just bossa nova show it's it's quite rare. You know, I've always felt whenever I listen to, to Bossa Nova, it's, it's like I've taken a, a trip to, to uh, Rio de Janeiro uh, in my mind. <laughs> and I, well, I, I, not really like that anymore. <laughs> what do you think is the secret to really nailing that Bossa Nova sound? Because you guys have a, a, a very authentic sound. Uh, it's very reminiscent of uh, most of the, the, the Bossa Nova I've heard before. Uh, how do you nail that sound? Because getting the authenticity right. Uh, well, I, my 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 parents. You know, it's a very it's a it's a cool story. Actually, it's a nice story. My parents had a very large group of friends, and my mother is at the time that all the women learned to play piano, and my mother was actually a conservatory graduate and piano and so some friends play the piano. We had this large group of friends, and they always get together, have parties all the time. And the parties always end up on the piano. And somebody was always playing Brazilian music. And it, this music is not my generation, but it's my parents' generation. So you always end up in this big group and somebody playing the piano and everybody singing and everybody. So I guess I didn't grow up and I, I was really a Madonna girl. But, and then when I got, got older now and I met my husband, he's so appreciative of the Bossa Nova music that we start to li I start to listen again, and all this music come back to me because I actually grew up listening to those things. And in in the real, you know, everybody knew those songs. Everybody was uh, was somehow knew uh, Vinicius, Tom Jobim, you know, all these people. So I think that's why it sounds like natural to me because I actually grew up listening to it. Check out the album A Kiss from Rio. In June this year, the Metropole Orchestra released Esquivel. Perfect Vision album. Now the Metropole Orchestra are based in the Netherlands and they commissioned the new arrangements based on the Esquivel RCA Victor recordings. Beautifully done by composer, arranger Stefan Berish. Now while capturing Esquivel's colours and textures, the Metropole arrangements really have taken the maestro's magic in new directions. The Metropole employs a full string section, which Esquivel rarely used. A great album with a big fat sound and here they are, My Blue Heaven, on the Cocktail <laughs>
Cocktail Nation with the best of the best for 2013 with Coop Cooper and a, a great little ebook that I came across this year. It's only available through Apple iBook stores. It's called Jet Age Cooking for the Bachelor Pad Gourmet. Perfect for one or an intimate dinner for two with original 60s recipes from the Jet Age. The author is James M. Krause and he explained how it all came about. Um, when I lived at home back in the 60s, occasionally I would help out uh, and cook sauces and so forth in the kitchen. But years later, when I moved away from home, like most bachelors, I was too busy going out, uh, doing things. Uh, I didn't cook at all. You know, I'd make sandwiches, uh, I'd defrost frozen food and whatnot. And that continued till the, the mid-90s. When it actually, what started me off, I, I went to a high-end trip to France in 1995. And for the first time, I was confronted with huge wine lists. <laughs> You know, living in California for the several years before that, I only knew uh, if I wanted red wine, I'd get a Cabernet, and white wine, a Chardonnay. <laughs> but I'd get these huge wine lists, the Bordeaux, Burgundies, and I thought, oh, when I get back home, I gotta, I gotta learn about wine. So I did that. I took classes, bought books, and I'd buy these great bottles, and I'd come home, and I realized, well, yeah, I can't eat this with a frozen dinner. So I'd start getting takeout from expensive restaurants, and I thought, this can't continue, I'll go broke. <laughs> so I started to teach myself to cook, and again, I got books, I, I downloaded recipes from the internet, uh, started putting it together, uh, and like everything else in my life, I, gradu- I, I kind of went back and, and had a hankering for the 1960s classics that I'd remembered, uh, like beef stroganoff, that sort of thing. Mm. So I started seeking those out, and one of the things I found, the average recipe you come across is for four people or six people. Yeah. And when you divide it down and try to cook for one or two, it's not as easy as it sounds. Even though on, on a lot of websites you can plug that in, it'll reduce everything. Mm. But one of the things, the, the quantities really matter when you're cooking for one. If you're off by a quarter teaspoon cooking for four or six, nobody's going to notice. Yeah. But if you're off cooking for one, it's going to be a huge difference. And you're going to have a whole lot of stuff that you don't necessarily need sitting in the cupboard, too, that's likely to go off. Exactly, exactly. Um, so what I did, I tried to, in cooking for myself, I would try to find recipes that I could simplify down as much as possible while still retaining the, the flavor, the taste, and whatnot. Easy cleanup, not a lot of tools. Um, and eventually, I, I would... I ate this way probably three or four years, and I thought, yeah, this would make a good book. And that's about the time the iPad came out in iBooks. So that's where the whole thing came together. Jet Age cooking for the Bachelor Gourmet. You can grab this one in the Apple iBook store. Well worth getting. Not so long ago, I was sent a link to a, a SoundCloud recording of a Swedish band called Ixtahule. About a half a year later, I was sent a video clip of them performing, Stone Gods of Bimini. I was blown away. I instantly bought the new album, Exotic Sounds of Ixtahuli, Pagan Rites, and I was blown away. Check it out.
Gonk Donation, Cube Cooper and Ixta Hule. Stone Gods of Bimini, check out the album. A new release for 2013. Some Spy Jazz was on the menu for 2013 and I was very pleased to hear that. Codename Carter. I asked Steve Gray from the band about how this name came about. Well, it's uh, sort of a mishmash of different themes, I guess. Um, starting with Get Carter, uh, the original one with Michael Caine. Um, Mike and I, as the founders of the band, uh, had to bring some of our own influences into the band name, of course, and that movie is popular with both of us. Michael Caine is popular with both of us. And uh, even though it's not a spy movie per se, it's more of a British thug movie, it has an amazing spy soundtrack, uh, a harpsichord and Rhodes electric piano, both of which figure pretty prominently into our sound. Um, and that, of course, is a Roy Budd uh, soundtrack. So, um, sort of paying homage to that movie. Uh, also, there's a little bit of a history with the name Carter as relates to just spy fiction in general. There's Nick Carter. I haven't read those books, but um, if, you, if you do a, a search on spy and the name Carter, it, it hits several times. So that just kind of suggested to us that maybe it'd be cool to to base the band name off of that. Absolutely. And fantastic SEO as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which everybody's got to think about in the, this day of the internet. We're all, all going to change our own last name to Carter eventually. It's just a matter of time. I like I like the sound of that. Steve Gray there from Codename Carter and Hill Howe. Stealth Palmer, another of the best of the best for 2013 on the Cocktail
The Cocktail Nation.
Cocktail Nation, best of the best for 2013, back on the scene, Molly Ringwald. Her album, Exactly Like You, came out uh, this year. I have mixed feelings about her. I really like the album, yet strangely her promotion of it was kind of lacklustre. I do think this is the best track on the album, and in true lounge style, a cover of this classic song. Another band that I came across last year who released an album is the Narco Lounge Combo. A Girl Called Jazz is the album. And here's their version of Caravan. Caravan. The Cocktail Nation Music. So you try hard to be good and do the things you should. Your soul be 
shrivel my boy Well, a man sometimes has to sip the grape Cast his eye on a lovely shape Then sometimes a way to desire If a man says he don't, he's not a man, he's a liar So don't let yourself be sad If what looks good is bad Reach out, accept the things that bring you joy And when you feel inclined It'll help to keep in mind That's a necessary evil, my boy Well, a man sometimes has to Sip of the grape Cast his eye on a lovely shape Then sometime a way to desire If a man says he don't, he's not a man, he's a liar So don't let yourself be sad If what looks good is bad Reach out, accept the things that bring you joy Largely to Coop Cooper, Laura Ainsworth, and Necessary Evil. I just love this gal's sense of humour when it comes to her music. And it's not a surprise. She's cheeky and funny. She runs a comedy wire service, so I guess it's probably uh, kind of got to be expected. A little bit of tongue-in-cheek is going to be thrown into her music. And certainly not a surprise that she is a great musician. She certainly has music in her bones and a great musical pedigree. Oh, definitely. My father was a big band sax and clarinet player, and I grew up hearing that kind of music. He used to play in the Venetian Room, the Fairmont Hotel Venetian Room uh, house band, and that was an old-style supper club. That was almost a relic at the time he was doing it because that kind of club was really more popular in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and yet they were still trying to keep it going in downtown Dallas. 
So I got to hear Ella Fitzgerald and Mel Torme, Tony Bennett, and the really great people from the 50s who were before my time. I got to hear them while my friends were listening to rock music. That's what I was listening to. It's pretty amazing. Uh, did you always think to yourself, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. I've heard this music and uh, I couldn't care less about what the Beatles are doing right now. <laughs> Oh, I did. Well, I liked the Beatles, but from a very early age, I knew that I wanted to be a singer and a band singer and also be in the jingle business because my dad was involved in that. With your career, now you're playing some, some wonderful lounge tracks. You've, you've also got a very uh, retro style about you, but you seem to have crossed over into the, into the jazz market in the United States quite easily as well, which is sometimes difficult for, for retro-styled acts. They tend to be you know, more modern-looking uh, women with uh, you know, a, a modern-sounding jazz edge, whereas you're more of a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know what you mean about the kind of modern interpretation yeah. on things, and that seems to happen with interpretations of every era. If if you look back, even to the like the twenties, even Victorian days in uh, in interior design. I'm very big on interior design, and I've noticed that's what happens with design. That instead of really looking to what the period represented it'll be some kind of modern interpretation of that and uh, that that's kind of what I'm trying to avoid not to say that there hasn't been a modern spin put on some older songs and they even did that in the 50s and 60s sure. Frank Sinatra put a modern spin on songs from the 20s and 30s mm. Sometimes, it's, it can be, sometimes it can be fairly difficult moving into that jazz mainstream sort of area but you, you've managed to do that pretty easily well, part of it is my producer and keyboard player, Brian Piper. I noticed that you've been playing The Gentleman is a Dope. Yeah. He has a great piano solo on that, and it doesn't surprise me that you play a lot of Oscar Peterson, too, because Oscar Peterson is his god. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> all very consistent. The music fits in perfectly with the show, and we've had a lot of emails from people going, just absolutely love this girl. You've also got a bit of a classical sound as well. You know, they're, they're, when I listened to some of your music, I thought, uh, thought to myself, boy, you, you could be singing uh, any number of uh, classics outside of jazz as well. Are you, a, are you a trained vocalist? Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I am very trained, and it's kind of funny because when I was growing up, my dad didn't want me to be trained. <laughs> because he thought, well, if, if you're going to sing jazz or if yeah. you're going to sing jingles, you need to have a certain kind of tone, and you don't want to sound like you're singing in the church choir or something like that. He was very afraid of me being overtrained. Later on, I I took a, a lot of training, and he, it turns out my father was wrong about that. <laughs> the more trained I am, the more I can apply what I have learned to any style. So, so very true in so many different things. I've got a friend who's a trained actor, and he went to the uh, Stella Adler School in New York, and and uh, he meets mm -hmm. a, a lot of actors in his, you know, his, uh, you know, go, he goes for commercials and and, and uh, TV spots and movie spots uh, here in Australia, and he says he can really notice the difference uh, between the the length and the, the breadth of one's talent and uh, capabilities. The training makes all the world in, uh, all the difference in the world, and, and even in radio, in, in my business, uh, you know, I went to a specific radio school to, to, to learn what I 
now know and uh, mm-hmm. and and I've I've been able to translate across you know various formats so, so sometimes people put down training but I I, I think the professional training in anything you do can really make world of difference definitely I've had some training as an actor too and I think that has paid off with singing uh, I've heard from people now who say they <laughs> in fact there was one review said that I I don't sing like a diva. I sing like someone who is within the music or living the music. And that was about the best thing I could ever hear. Well, it's part of the performance. Because that is acting. It's the, it's the performance of uh, not just uh, being able to sing those notes, but also have a stage presence as well. And, 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 and you know, people really believe you are part of the song. Yeah, and it's like the opposite of American Idol style singing, which is not of the music at all. (laughs) It's a travesty, that's what it is. Well, there's a lot of shows like that around, isn't there? Look, uh, Mm -hmm. I I love both of your albums, uh, Keep It To Yourself, uh, and of course uh, the the album we just mentioned, Necessary Evil. Wonderful albums, and I'd certainly encourage anybody to go out and get them. Where's the best best place to grab your albums? Well, uh, CD Baby and Amazon.com. I imagine uh, the cheapest way to get it is to download it from CD Baby. I would hope that people would get the physical CD because a lot has gone into the packaging and everything that that goes along with that. Um, And, of course, they can go to my website, Laura at LauraAinsworth.com, and there's a lot more about me there, which is the important thing, me. <laughs> <laughs> and I must say, I do. You, you're right. The uh, just looking at the covers, the the covers are absolutely spectacular, and, and inside there's a lot of uh, wonderful stuff as well in, in these albums. And something something people often miss out when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. the old digital download these days. I, 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 think I it's know. Nice to have that physical product, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. In and your... I should say that these covers were done by a local Dallas photographer who does old-style pinup, like oh, retro really? burlesque photography, yes. And so that was the style we were going for. In fact, I have even done... I was the opening act for one of her burlesque shows here in Dallas. That was kind of fun. There you go. That explains, Very retro. That explains exactly why you look absolutely gorgeous on your cover, Laura. That's obviously the reason. <laughs> Thank you. No, no retouching. <laughs> no Photoshop. No nothing. Oh, we did add the little digital um, smoke, you know, coming out of the gun there. Oh yes, for I those see who that. haven't seen the cover, I am I am holding a firearm. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I was. And there's a little smoke trailing off. I'm glad to hear that because I was concerned that maybe you had shot somebody before the photo. <laughs> you know what a fantastic year it has been. I've got to say, uh, it's been a wonderful year to catch up with so many people in the lounge scene, the exotica scene, to meet the Tiki and Lounge fans from across the globe. Thank you for listening and participating in the show, most importantly, and I'm sure that 2014 will be big. For the rest of the year, I'm going to be on vacation, but I will be sending out some classic shows from across the years. And, of course, we'll have news and gigs still up on the website, so don't stop listening, don't stop checking out our social media and our website. A new addition coming to the show next year, which I'll tell you about in 2014. Good friend of the show, Darren Long, released his Meet the Tiki Delights album. This was a standout for me. I'm going to leave you now with one from the Tiki Delights. It's Twist of Lyman. <laughs> Stay up. <laughs> 